right, my talkers. It's a new week. Let's reset that hourglass and settle in for hour one of Lori and Julia. Thank you, Grant. You are welcome. It's Monday. What's everybody's weekend claim to fame? I think you should start. Oh, Joy, I can't go first. (laughs) Why? Because I'll go on and on. I'm ready for you to go on and on. Okay. Well, let's have Grant just weigh in. Did you have anything that was like weekend claim worthy? I I went down to back to the 50s and walked around all day Saturday, and it was the whole fairgrounds was full of cars, full of people, music, beer, laughter, food. And it was a beautiful day Saturday. I couldn't have had more fun. It was great. Could, it, you, could you smell people's intentions? That's Lori's line. <laughs> could we, you? You could smell a little Brad, bit. Yeah. That was a pickup line of ours from years uh-huh. ago. I can smell your intentions. There yeah. was definitely some uh, intentions going around. On, it, it felt like the first... I mean, I've been down there for the first car show of the year, and I went down there for the mini fair. Right. So I've been down there to the first two events this mm-hmm. year down there. But this one... Felt- um, it felt like the first time it was really, I mean, it was full. People were shoulder to shoulder. Granted, there were cars everywhere. Right. But, I mean, people were drinking, laughing, having fun. There was even a couple people that I thought were a little too inebriated, which I was proud to see. Yeah. Right. Like, it was right. great. It was great. This is my experience up in Duluth at Grandma's Marathon because it's been two years. This was the first full uh race you know that's happened in the united states at grandma's um, the first full marathon of the year it's post-covid kind of thing it's the largest american in-person road race so far in 2021 even though it was cut in half it was it was like it's always magical okay to be in duluth and watch at the end be at the finish line watch the runners it's so pretty it was another epically Fabulous running day. Duluth has a decades-long tradition, Julia, of good weather for the runners. Yes, sixty-eight, yes. cloudy, you know, all of that. And uh, but it was so rowdy, so so you could smell the intentions, the pheromones, the testosterone, yes. the estrogen, the joy. People were. Um, they moved all the music. So after the runners finished, and they we had the first um, Minnesota women's runner at Grandma's Marathon since 1987. Not 26 year old. The, the first one that won. First one that won. Yeah. Right. Someone had, we even had a winner. Because uh, lo- you're like, we had the first woman from Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Like, the, okay. The <laughs> first Minnesota women's runner Got since 87. Mm-hmm. And um, really exciting. You know, men's, the guy who won the men's race, he's from Kenya and he's a cow farmer. I was real happy for him. He's taken second before, but Rocco Chic at Rocco. I mean Grant, Grant. She like participates in marathon like it's a baseball game. Okay, you know, marathon watching jam. for Lori. She has done this. I'm an every enthusiastic year. spectator, and there's a lot of people that love running marathon. Grandma is both the half and the full because the spectators are everything, and they're from start to finish. Yeah, mm-hmm. handing out beers, wearing costumes, ringing their cowbells. Cheering, 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 but we only cheer until like three thirty. No, three thirty. You've shortened it. We've shortened it up. So you have to you have to run your twenty six miles in under three thirty. That's right. So we can go lay a base inside at Grandma's and uh, get some food before they go to the the dancing tents. That's right. And I'm translating your conversation. It all moved (laughs) over to Bayfront. They didn't have the tent at the in the parking lot at the end because when they planned all this because of COVID, so all the bands. All the beer was over at Bayfront. And? It was an explosion of people. There must have been 10, 15,000. We were there from 9.30 in the morning 
until 10 at night when they you make you leave. lasted that oh, long. That's, yeah, we're, we're, we're marathon You're people. seasoned. We're seasoned. Seasoned vets. And Julia, it was just people were, I mean, normally it takes a while for dancing maybe to start. Maybe dancing really starts in earnest by two. People were dancing by noon. So it didn't, just as many people that would be there if it was... More spectators, Really? Every 20 and 30-something in the region came. I would agree with you. I've been to back to the 50s probably for the last seven, eight years, and that was as packed as I've ever seen it in my entire life. It was was ready to rock, and like you said, there were some dirty intentions for later that night. It was fun. People were just like so happy to be out and about. I mean, you had to have experienced this whatever wherever you were out I, and well, about. Well, I was at the cabin. And I had some girls up, and we have this we have this great bar on our lake um, that had started up like three years ago. It was an old place, but new people came and got, took it over. But we ran into people that we ran into there last summer during COVID, right. and we had spent an afternoon with giggling on our pontoons next to each other. You right. know, yeah, yeah, they yeah. were so fun, and a ton of people. Everyone just is in the mood. It's like a hot, like a whole full moon, and and I mean, you could just like I mean, everyone's excited. I mean, here I go in, and we have to get uh, get our wristbands, and this just beautiful cop, just a nice looking thirty. Year Did old. you ask him to? Uh... I had him hold my wrists and ask him to take my pulse. <laughs> it's been so long since I've been, been to a festival. By a man. No, so my <laughs> festival. I said I haven't been to a festival in so long. Take my pulse. He, he goes, "Oh, it's racing." I go, "Is it?" You know, <laughs> of course it is. I mean, I just, people were really just dancing and going nuts. My favorite thing: this uh, guy grabs uh, my girlfriend and I goes, "Come on, ladies, let's go dance and get contagious." I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I but, love it. But people were really, um, you could just tell, were so happy to be at a festival. And Grandma's always kind of feels like that marathon weekend always feels like it kicks off summer in Duluth. Yeah. It's the first full weekend. All the hotels are full. The restaurants are busy. You know, last year was a ghost town. I know, And right? people were like, uh, what's going to happen? Right. And all a lot of, that. of uncertainty. So people were just, I think, giddy at the possibilities of the hot vac summer ahead of them Mm -hmm. and the more we continue to go into the summer and do these things i think it's going to get even hotter and more i think people are going to have more yeah i I, I don't there was an i would agree because because all of we were just sitting there and like we kind of talked about what we talked about on friday how people aren't waiting anymore it's kind of like let's live now let's do things now let's we're vaccinated let the vaccine do its job and everyone was ready to go (laughs) yes ready to go ready to go and And nobody's going to be like that one that's like just gonna bring down the group because who's gonna do that when no like nobody has time for that no. right now like back no. in the day like I've been doing this for four weekends in a row and I just had no, nobody has time for that attitude I've so, been having fun four weekends in a row what am I gonna do woo! now yeah so finally I think that that I think that also helped out that everybody's just so happy that you're not gonna have that Debbie yeah. Downer not to use that you know what I'm right, saying that person right, that's right. just like no well, everyone fun. You was know, in a happy mood exactly happy even my I she will be remain unnamed but um. So, I, always kind of a group of people, yep, regular yep. people, Duluth friends and stuff. We see each other, and I look at my one friend, and I notice I'm like, "Why do you have a white tail hanging out of your pants?" 
Was it a tampon string? It was a long piece of white toilet paper oh. with wet on the end. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. That was tucked into the back of her pants. Okay. Yes. Oh, no. We couldn't. Oh, I would have tried. She tried to say, oh, I put this there on purpose. No. And then that made us laugh. And we laughed for like a half hour. And How long did she have it? Who knows? But the people around us were laughing. <laughs> no one was making fun. I, we were just howling right that how long how far did she walk from the bathroom <laughs> with that wet piece of toilet paper hanging out and it was a nice right. long str- strand of it oh you know i'm gonna say like eight or nine squares enough <laughs> that it looked like a tail okay Lori, how funny was, was that we were every time we'd look at each other we go oh, <laughs> 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 it was just the most you know silly Everything was just setting us off, but it was it was super. It just and, really and felt yesterday, like it. But I think yesterday we were also grateful for the rain, too, at the same time. Oh, yes. Because we had a beautiful day Saturday, and yesterday I was so grateful for rain. It is so dry everywhere. Uh-huh. Longest it, car ride home of my life since maybe a snowstorm driving from Duluth to... What time did you, were you? Pouring rain. What time? Left at four. Pouring oh, rain. Poured, yeah. poured, yeah, poured. Yeah, I left earlier than yeah. you. It was much dicier up north than it was around it here. Was. We would get some patches here and there around here, which were nice. But up north, anything north of like Alexandria, it was raining all day Non-stop. long. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like there's a monotony. And, t- and then, you know, I'm uh, maybe hung over. Maybe. Wait, maybe. maybe. It was up for, it was question mark. You know. How many <laughs> cups of coffee can you have? Yeah, I took a nap with my dad, you know, on Father's Day. That's typical. He's he goes, used to you always he, being zonked on Father's Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I give him a gift in the card and he's... I did he like it? Did he like his battery light? His solar lantern? Yeah, did he love it? Yes. And the first thing he asked was, I wonder how many lumens it has. Ah. I was impressed that he... Oh, I don't even know what that word means, how but I'm bright, sure, right? sure it means how something. Bright. How bright it is. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And lumens. it has the SOS. Just in case. I just said, Dad, you never know. The zombie apocalypse. You're prepared. It's totally. You got the solar lantern. All right, listen, we got to go. It's our story we can't get enough of. So this is the Foo Fighters last night on Father's Day evening at the granddaddy of all arenas, Madison Square Garden, held its first sold-out concert wow. since uh, the party shut down in March of 2020, and the last show at MSG was the Allman Brothers. Wow. And all, and other, like, it was kind of like a tribute thing, right. some Allman Brothers, there, but that was the last big show. So the Foo Fighters... We're there. They did perform this song. They're covering BG songs. They've got that uh, Hail Satin album coming out. That's yes. all the Foo Fighters covering the BGs. But uh, here's we've got a little audio from uh, CBS. Uh, one of their producers from CBS this morning was at the show last okay. night. Okay. The Foo Fighters headlining the first show at the Garden since the pandemic lockdown. Take a look. So that video was shot by our executive producer, Shauna Thomas, who was at the concert. That was her. You could hear her. So how did the vaccination, how do they check vaccination, Shauna? So on the way in, they basically just ask you to show your vaccination card, or you could show the Excelsior Pass, which is something we have in New York that's on an app on your phone. And they checked them all as we went in, and then the second line, they checked your tickets. Wow, okay. 8,000 checks. Wow. Was it orderly? It was incredibly orderly. It was fast to get in. I was actually really surprised. All right, all right. So fans packed in. It was a full capacity event. As Shauna said, you had to be fully vaccinated. Comedian Dave Chappelle 
surprise fans joining the Foo Fighters on stage to sing a cover of Radiohead's Creep. Take a listen to this. It's not good. That's yeah, a hard song to sing. told me about that. I had to read it twice. <laughs> Dave Chappelle singing. But he has a connection with the band because he hosted Saturday Night Live when the Foo Fighters were the main musical game. They also did a Bee Gees number. You should be dancing with that. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I, I love All that. Right. Listen to these guys. They're so excited. But I guess... So the Foo Fighters, they came out, Dave Grohl, they started with times like these, and that is usually their closing okay, got song, it. and yep. they started it, and when the song was over, he just put his arm up, and I mean, it was just a roar I didn't from know. the crowd. Okay, so this is the first, I think we've heard about a concert. It's the first big concert sure, that there's but that's we, happened. But required COVID. Yeah. I vaccine. haven't heard that people have, because... That kind of pushback happened with the cruise lines, and they're not doing it now. And you're well, we it. haven't had any yet. Any yeah, I concert. know. So I think well, that's, that's true. I'll be curious. Yeah, and so after, um, so then I guess he he uh, did, he he just wanted to play, but he just said, "We've been waiting for this. We've been waiting for this. Do you want rock and roll?" And people just kept getting it. Just kept getting louder and louder, and. Um, it just got bigger and bigger, and then he said, "Listen, I just want to say that you know, want to. We're so happy to be here." And they were just like, people were just like, "Giddy!" Well, I'm like sure everyone could, is everywhere. They could smell the intentions. I'm yes, sure. I'm sure. Uh, there, and I guess people were just like uh, a very emotional, and there were there were some people picketing. Um, okay. Because they required uh, vaccines, right? But uh, nobody. Nobody cared about that. Okay. We're like, we're vaccinated. We're going. Okay. See you later. So, and then on the other, um, we had the big outdoor concert here at Mystic Lake, didn't we? With oh, Darius yeah. Rucker. Yeah. John Bream. Oh, I love how he writes. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Do you like Darius Rucker, Grant? Yeah, Hootie. I I mean, originally fell in love with Hootie. I was a country fan, so I was really impressed with his ability to do such a great crossover. Right. But when I go see country music, I'm not always seeking out Darius Rucker as a country singer. But he doesn't tour very often. I mean, he was at the State State Fair. Fair. We were at that show opening night of the fair like two or three years ago. Yeah, three years. I think it was so great. But he said it was a packed Mystic Lake Casino Amphitheater. It was, of course. Which is super minute show. beautiful to see a show yes. at. Beautiful. beautiful. That place is amazing. Yeah, amazing. it's beautiful because it faces west. Hot night, so you get the sunset. Yeah. And so he played uh, 100 minutes, and uh, he said, who kicks, he writes, who kicks off a career at age 42, let alone a black singer in a genre that hasn't had a black star since Charlie Pride. Mm-hmm. But Darius Rucker has one of the most distinctive male voices he really in does. country, a rich as molasses baritone with a hint of unshowy soulfulness in addition he's one of nashville's most appealing dancers writes john he may not shake it like luke bryan or shimmy like dwight yoakam but when rocker undulates those hips in slow motion it purrs s-e-x-y um and then you know of course they do the hootie thing and all that kind of stuff and he just he always sings finishes with whale wheel or wagon, wagon wheel, wheel. Wagon wheel whale yeah. wheels cousin, yeah, whale wheels cousin, which is like he's, have you heard whale wheel yet today? That's right, play whale wheel. Um, he Bream said it's country's answer to Sweet Caroline wagon wheel. I, I that's I know kind Grant of like likes, a really good analogy right there. Yeah, it is. Leave it to John, and even though I know Grant, you like the old Crow Medicine Show Crow version. 
I think not as many people knew that, and Darius Rucker took that. Yes, yeah. you're right. It's kind of an old, yeah, he made it famous for yeah. sure. And I feel like Bob Dylan has a writing credit. He does. On Bob Dylan was actually the original writer of the song, but he, here, here's a little, little bit of it. We've sang this as a Friday sing-along. I think we could sing this. I'm yeah. putting it on a list because every Friday we go, what are we going to sing? What are we going to sing? Yeah, it's such I'm a writing good song. It down. You're right. His voice. I got goosebumps right it's now. So it's good. epic. It's so good. And everyone sings along. And he said it's almost, Bream writes, it's almost like Darius Rucker has forged a new strain of country music, Nashville's equivalent of Yacht Rock. Let's call it pontoon country. Well, there's nothing wrong with a pontoon boat. <laughs> I know. A couple beers, pontoon, and some country yeah. music, and I am set. Yeah, so people probably were smelling other people's intentions at Mystic. It's so funny, because I'm just thinking about, okay, so my pontoon boat is old, you know, mm-hmm. but it still seats a good amount of people, and, and grad, there's no music system, so we have to bring a speaker. Hey, and, that works. And I'm like, okay. I danced on that boat. Oh, you were very dancing. I have pontoon. so many dancers from this weekend. Yeah. The girls, <laughs> they just all, everyone yeah. feels the need to just get up and do a solo. At Grandma's, at down at Bayfront, so the the dance floor, if you will, is huge in front of the stage. Right. And normally, like at festivals, there's people sitting right there. Uh-huh. That dance floor was packed from one end of the stage to the next. So all, You know, 10 D. I mean, people were just losing their minds so dancing. fun. Yeah, really, really fun. So, all right, listen, what are we coming so back to? Maybe, with? are we going to say we might need Mondays to come this summer because we do so much activities on the weekend? Yes. Good Lord. Yes. All right, listen, we come back. Uh, the $10 million payout. We got the details. Do you have a favorite video you've posted, Grant? <laughs> um, You know, I would say... There was a reaction that uh, who I, I think was Brittany was filling in one day when yeah. she, they were reacting to the whole Demi Lovato um, de- frozen yogurt. Yes, scene. that was a pretty good. One. I like the My Talk Reacts videos the best. We started out doing a lot of of our you know our staples from each show, yeah. but now we're getting more of these My Talk Reacts videos, and we're we're even taking every show's reaction. So we'll take your reaction to a big story. We'll take you know maybe Don and Steve's reaction and combine them into one video so we can get what you guys are re- re- feeling. For these big stories. So I like that aspect. Of I like doing. that too. I yeah. didn't even know we were doing that. Neither did I. <laughs> and that's all Jess, Jess and, Jess and uh, Amy are the brain team, or B. Arthur are the, the brain team behind that. So. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of work. It's okay. Fun. So we, yes. we got, remember a couple of weeks ago when we had learned that uh, Chris Harrison got paid um, an eight figure Payout. Payout yes. to leave uh, Bachelor Nation. Yes. And, um, and then at we one were, point it was up to 25. And then 25, it was, 20 million, yeah. 50 million. Right. We heard it was so much. All so, over the board. So anyway, um, I had to laugh at this story. They call him the Rose County reality show host robot, Chris Harrison. But Variety did an in-depth article about... The behind the scenes going on of Chris Harrison leaving The Bachelor. And this is more than we learned in the Hollywood Reporter, you think? Because <laughs> yeah, we have is. heard a lot about that everyone thought it was going to go, well, that he was going to stay. Get ready to feel sorry for Chris Harrison because he only got a measly $10 million, you guys. So he got a two year severance check, basically, because oh. he was making $5 million a year. That's right. So right. here's. So his downfall started with an interview with the former bachelorette, Rachel Lindsay. And Rachel was the only black bachelorette until Taisha Adams 
and was very vocal about the ways that the show could improve its racial sure. representations. She was on Extra, and Variety says the Extra interview with Chris Harrison was not even a planned interview. Why did it happen? He then? chose to do it because he, he offered wanted, himself. Was up. it because he wanted to stand up and correct what was going on in the season with the current Bachelor situation? Rachel Kirkconnell, and he thought he would defend her going, going to, to the an plantation, antebellum mansion. Mansion. So it wasn't party. even a planned thing. So this is this. I'm going to just tell you, speaking from something else that I know that happened this year. That's when the trouble starts. When you decide to do something that decide, isn't a planned thing. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to correct this. Yeah, or and I it can. Was, it's not a big deal. I'm just going to do this. I'm helping other people out. That's when I see things go awry and the bigger scope. It was an incredibly cringe inducing 14 minute interview. And Mm -hmm. I remember watching it live because I always tape extra, you know, and, uh, and he was completely unaware that anything that he said to Rachel was taken as badly as it was. Yeah. And according to a small handful of people familiar with the situation that talked to variety, Chris uh, did not realize even a day afterwards, like how problematic problematic that interview was. So it snowballed from there and he wound up stepping back for racial insensitivity training after he apologized. And it was then planned he would go on GMA, right. which airs The Bachelor, be on ABC, and Chris thought it would go well. It didn't. And GMA host Michael Strand called BS on Chris Harrison's Which apology. you never really see someone at the end of an interview with one of their sister properties. No, no, he didn't. He didn't do it then. He was asked about it afterwards. Right. No, Lori, I watched it live. Michael yeah. Strand said, well, I guess that was an apology. Right. He said it right there. Well, because Chris was so he very, did it right there, but yeah. but that's not Michael Strand's fault I for calling it out. No, so I don't know why you're calling I, it out because I felt like it was Chris Harrison who was so disingenuous. He there was no place else for Michael Strand to just I, say. Well, I would I agree guess. with you, but you never we've never seen that really as well. I was just trying to yeah. say. Yeah. Oh, we see Savannah Guthrie push back on, but you see people push back. Usually in not on their own network. That was all my right, only point. Right. 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 I, I kind of feel like Julie. They definitely push back on their social media. They might right. express their feelings, but after the interview, to express it like that, it was a little bit. I was. I'm happy to hear him say it. You know, it was like. Hey, it was what we all thought. It was yeah. what we but all thought. But it was unusual thought. because it was one of their own properties. That was all he was getting at. Yeah. Right. And the Bachelor executives were completely perplexed by why Chris Harrison was so rigid yeah. and so disingenuous because he didn't really think he did anything wrong. That's yeah. the main the, reason. I guess that's it. Yep. And so, and then the last nail in his coffin after that came when Katie Thurston, who is the Bachelorette right now, she... Um, spoke to Chris Harrison directly and said, I am going to tell the Bachelorette people I'm not comfortable with you hosting if I'm on. And she told him that to his face. Wow. She told him that to his face. And this conversation upset Chris Harrison. And according to people close to him, his feelings were hurt that Katie would say that to him, but she was just like, you know, I just... I'm dude. kind of... That's kind of ballsy on her part, because how does it? she even have power? She isn't even the Bachelorette yet. Well, that she, she would, had been selected. Sure, but that she would have the... They, yeah. That's a big deal. And insiders close to Harrison say that he kept then calling... 
Katie? No, calling ABC. He tried to smooth talk his way back with the producers. Right. When they started filming it, and he was just making calls to people on set, begging them to put in a good word yeah. for him. And then when Chris found out he was being replaced as Bachelor in Paradise with um, the first one announced with Spade, yeah. Chris then got, then he hired the lawyer who helped Megan Kelly get her get, get her NBC. NBC. And just like uh, Megan Kelly, yeah. He, and Gabriel Union from America's Got Talent, same attorney. Yeah, and so Chris got $9 million, as well as remaining contractual fees from his role as an executive producer what, yeah. for another $1 million. And so that number's a lot, but if he's making $5 million a year hosting He's got it, a two-year buyout. So anyway, that that was the uh, that's the story. That was the final kind yeah. of a thing. Was Katie uh, saying that? And then Rachel Kirkconnell. I mean, not Rachel Kirkconnell. Rachel um, Lindsay. 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 Rachel. Yeah, she just or did, Rachel Lindsay. She just did an in, she did a op ed for um, oh what magazine is it? Maybe the New Yorker for the New York Magazine. Okay, and she said that about that whole conversation with Chris Harrison and when she said to him, well, if I'd been at this antebellum party, what would I have been to those women? Right. And Chris Harrison just looked at her and she said, she writes in this article, this franchise has spent 19 years cultivating uh, a certain audience. They constantly give it what the audience wants, a Midwestern, Southern white, blonde, light-eyed Christian. Not all viewers are like that. And when I came on... The hate she got was incredible. Right. And then when she pushed back on Chris Harrison in that interview, you know, she had to go off social media yeah, she because she was getting hate. death yeah. threats. Terrible. And she just said, you know, there's Bachelor Nation, but there's also Bachelor Clan. This is a pretty searing op ed that uh that she wrote. So do you guys think, okay, so, all right, with all this done, so it's like, so Chris Harrison's out. I'm so glad. I feel like I, it's got a fresh energy. It, it is fresh. Okay, do you see him coming back, no. hosting anything in any capacity at all? No, Game well, maybe, show? Maybe. I mean, he'll maybe. be He'll be on MTV doing, like, one of those, the challenge or something. Like that. I, <laughs> I can feel I him think, doing that, I, you know? He'll do something he'll do like something. that. But he, he will. He, he... You know, people never like being forced out of a job. It's like when oh. you get, you know, dumped versus if you're the dumper. Or, Billy Bush, yeah. you know, got forced out of his job. Yeah, but he got paid $10 million and then he gets uh, basically his old job back. He did. Yeah. Some people use this as a motive. Like when some people lose an opportunity because they did something wrong right. or just simply lose an opportunity, it yeah. motivates them even harder to come back stronger, be a better person, hopefully right. in his case. Right. And so sometimes... And then some other people just say, hey, I'll take the money and hang out. But yeah. I feel like some people, you know, I'm, I'm like the opposite where if I get let go from an opportunity, I'm like, well, what can I do to be how better? How can I change, how how can I change better? it? So sometimes that motivates people. This Variety article, Chris Harrison was furious. Oh, he could I'm not sure. understand what he yeah, did that was wrong. Embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, what he did wrong. That was embarrassing. You know? yeah. yeah, kind of. And so, like, he just couldn't get it. And I'm very impressed that Katie. Not only that's had the cojones to say it to him, but so said it to the lesson. suit. That's that's something, you know, because that's wow. one thing saying it no right kidding. to somebody. I am not going to do the show. I'll walk away if you're going to host. Right. Huh. 
It's landing on the table. Katie, Katie. <laughs> yeah, Katie, Katie is Katie, laying Katie, it We'll, we'll all... see how it goes because The Bachelor is coming back tonight. That's right. And also, this is the last week of Conan O'Brien's half-hour talk show mm-hmm. on TBS. TBS. Yeah. Love Conan. Me Neil too. Justin had a great story, a salute to Conan. Yeah. His final week, it's uh, Jack Black, Dana Carvey, Bill Hader, and... Um, so, yeah, so his last night is uh, Thursday, but yeah, Neil Justin, he really is just a talented goofball. Oh, he really he makes is. me but laugh. The minute he went to TBS, it was the ratings dived on Conan because it was well, hard to remember it in the wheel. Yeah. It, it also, what hurt him was when he got that first, didn't he get the first job as the late night show? Right. Yeah, and then and it then, just, the, the older audience couldn't, because he was, deal couldn't, with couldn't deal goofiness. with his goofiness, which college kids at his time when he was doing so well prior to that right. was huge. And then he went okay. on that and. TBS, I think it kind of let him open up a little bit more, but it definitely just kind of. Yeah, and what well, happened with have... Leno? Who was it that's flip flop with Leno? Because Leno went prime time. It was it was Conan. Was it Conan? Yeah. And Conan. then Conan, Conan took Conan over Leno, his yeah. job, and then and then Leno said, "Nope, change my mind. I want to come back." It was yeah. a fakakta. Yeah. yeah. So was... he's been pushed. So he's going to be doing these different specials with HBO Max. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Listen, we come back. Uh, um, this guy is now father to twins, and he absolutely stuck with the Bolt name theme. And then we got another story about another dad with twins and another baby on the way. Uh, if you're going to New York, Chris Hewitt is letting us know that the girl girl from North the North Country returns to Broadway October 13th. Uh, Bob Dylan, it's the five-year anniversary of him winning the Nobel Prize. Remember that? It was yes. open for like two weeks, and then it all COVID shut down. Hit. And he loved, loved this show. That it oh, was good. spectacular. Yes. So if you're planning the trip to New York, you know. I like it. Okay, so uh, Usain Bolt is now father to twins. And the he, winner. He absolutely stuck with the Bolt name, you guys. Uh, the theme is quite lovely. And remember, now he won eight times. He's a gold medal winning sprinter. Wow. He's been called the fast person, fastest person alive, which as far as uh, running branding is like pretty epic. I would say I there was some um some I, of the Olympic trials were going on last night. Yes. The running stuff and it's pretty it's kind of fun to get track. into it. I love watching you track. You like watching I, track I do, of it's okay. I do. I like the gymnast. I like all of it kind of. Um but anyway, he did he go normal or did he lean all the way into the punniness of his last name? Luckily Give us the names. Luckily for everyone involved. He he did. He uh, they first their little girl is named Olympia Lightning Bolt, darling, darling, and now there's another bolt like name, and now the, his little boys are called Thunderbolt <laughs> and Saint Leo Bolt. Mm-hmm. Well, their last name's Bolt. Well, Thunderbolt that... and Saint Leo Bolt. Those mm-hmm. are cute. So Saint and Thunder mm-hmm. and uh, Olympia Lightning. Wow. She's got the best middle name. She does. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I, I this is the one that I'm a little more intrigued with. Besides oh, yeah. Usain Bolt, is Nick Cannon. <laughs> oh, now Nick Cannon, <laughs> he <too. laughs> he has he's going to have four different children within a year with three different baby mamas, and he already had two or three kids prior: two with Mariah Carey and then one with another woman. So he is expecting his fourth child in less than a year with the third different woman. So Father's Day is busy for him. Well, um, he's wild and popping off, just like I a show under- wild, wild and out, <laughs> fertilizing every vag that he comes across. I mean, honestly, 
Yeah, he's not thinking with the right head, is he? No, no but no. seriously, that is a lot. I, in, I would just think if I was his ex-wife and I have two children with him, and then he, I would be a judger. Oh, I would sit him down and be like, come on, dude. Yeah. What, are you doing? what are you doing Settle to our down. kids? Because yeah. what, he needs our to... kids want to know their siblings, but now you're making it a little too difficult for, from a coordination standpoint. It might be time <laughs> for five different moms to have the vasectomy talk. Right. I mean, yeah. I would kind of be like three and four in one year. I'd be kind of like, come on. But why do I get the feeling that on the same day the woman posts a maternity word selfie with her new bundle of joy, another woman will be using the same social media platform to say, I do it. Pregnant with Nick Cannon. Well, I feel like I wonder what People Magazine has the expecting eighth child story all written out. I mean, he do just needs to get a vasectomy, right? You know, I would be if I had children with him. I'd be pissed. I'd be like, stop it. Okay, but you, some people, Julia, are like I'm thinking my butterfly chanteuse, Mariah Carey. Okay, she ignores that he has other children. She has told her kids, those are not your brother and sister. You two are each other's brother and sister. That is just sperm, and you're not going to have a relationship with them. They live in Brooklyn. No, I'm just saying, this is a very real thing that some some parents will just say, you're not going to be involved. There's not a relationship there. Right. because then, not everybody lives in the same town and the same. I understand, but I mean, from prioritizing him being a parent and being at your kids. I don't know. That's just me. That's all I'm saying. I can say that. That's my opinion. No, I'm not saying. As a parent, that. it would be hard because there's so many different than children, families out there. And so many, when your kids grow up, you want your dad to be at stuff. He's going to have He's spread to, very thin. Very thin. He's spread very thin. Nothing you can do about uh, any of that. And Mariah doesn't even bother trying to talk about yeah. it. She just lets uh, Moroccan... And Morocco. And Morocco, no, or whatever the no, names it's, are. No, that isn't... It's Moroccan and... Roe, whatever their names I are. The it. twins. Let's just call them the twins. She just lets him know <laughs> those are not your... Let's just forget about the names yeah, now. Those are not your brothers and sisters. We're not exchanging gifts. We're not going to know their names. Oh, they right. don't mean anything easy to you. For, easy for you to say, but then as a 14-year-old or something, I want to know my siblings. He, maybe you don't, though. <laughs> maybe you don't. I you, love you. Set yeah. yourself up for some you, disappointment sometimes. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. love you. No, you don't. No, you don't. these people. Your dad had the crazier. Yeah, I mean, you know, if he's going to just go shooting a seed off all over the place, it doesn't mean you have to go, oh, my brother, my sister, <laughs> if you don't want to. I mean, does that sound cold and harsh? Yes. Well, a little, but, a little bit it's up, but it's up to them. They can make that choice. If they want to, they you can. You can't tell oh. me that people haven't already done this with serial prolificate, you know, Spermer, spermators. Sperminators. <laughs> that's right. Sperminators. Guys who can't figure out how to use a condom, right? Right. right. Mm-hmm. Or just, wow. Yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, it's weird that he is spreading a seed like a dooger or fundamentalist it, or something. He, Lori, <laughs> it is. You know, but uh, yeah, Mariah doesn't pay it any mind. It I love it. Not Which is good. Entered the buffer. I love it. Just let it let it let him do his own chaotic moves, and you stay and be the queen this that you are. This is why you know he's got all these jobs. Uh huh. You know, because he is getting a talk show this fall. Oh god. Uh huh. Really. And he's got the mass Singer. Yeah, he does. I'm just saying. I mean, that's a lot of children to pay child support for. 
Mm-hmm. So keep working, Nick. Spread <laughs> yourself thin. You're going to have to rotate out birthdays, Christmas, totally Mother's Get a money manager for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Right. Get track of all those payments. You right. Know, you Get do not want to miss one. <laughs> a scheduler. Yeah. Geez, apparently we're going to want to watch this new G- uh, Rick James documentary, you guys. Mm-hmm. What's it on? Um, okay, so it is... Well, premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival, Sharon Stone redeemed herself and went to another film when she wore a leopard dress and glamorous glasses and her hair looked pretty good and so much better than her. her. And and yet we spend so much energy on what Sharon Stones wear and because Nick Cannon, just don't, just ignore those kids. Yeah, well, I mean, she showed up one day looking like like she was going shopping at Trader Joe's downtown. (laughs) Manhattan or something. Espadrilles. It drives Lori crazy, Grant, if Sharon doesn't (laughs) Doesn't look great. Oh, I hate it. She needs to try. (laughs) So I don't know if she was there for the Rick James documentary, but it is called Bitchin', the Sound and Fury of Rick James. And so we'll be able to see it sometime this year. And it was filmed by Barry Gordy's oldest son. Oh, all right. Harry Gordy. He's the, the guy who who put it together and he was his former manager and he vividly describes, I guess he's just in the movie. He vividly describes because he was Rick James manager, how Rick frustrated by disappointing sales for his 1982 album, throwing down and the tour marched into the office of then Motown president, Joe Lasker to deliver his next album. Then he proceeded to pour Coke onto Lasker's desk, snort it, jump on top of it, Take out his wiener (laughs) and shoved it in Lasker's face and said, sell my bleeping record. Oh, God. Okay, now those are the days. Then Gordy Gordy reveals that after Rick James left the room, Lasker simply said, Lionel Richie. And signaling that would be all of Muscle's. Of Motown would be put behind Lionel Richie and screw Rick James. Okay. It didn't work. Okay. For Rick James. For Rick James, that little that never, performance never helped. It didn't him. help, and I. But think, can you imagine sitting at your desk and having him come in and do that, and oh. you just sit there like, okay, what? what? You guys remember his skits that Chappelle did for his show all the time when Charlie Murphy would talk about the stories of Eddie Murphy, Murphy. and Charlie Murphy hanging out with Prince and Rick James, and what Rick James he, would torment Prince and Eddie Murphy. Prince really? opened that's on right. the Rick James tour. This yeah. that's right. Oh God. You ever get a chance? Go Google Rick James. Uh, uh, what is it? The show. Um, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle show. Rick James. Dave Chappelle show. You will laugh. You okay, will laugh. I might have to. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I guess uh, um, it is supposed to be kind of an epic. They had archival footage, and it's going to be September third on Showtime. Oh, it is. Okay, so we have a date. Okay. And uh, even Rick James is on camera himself just saying, admitting we were on the verge of insanity. Everybody was <laughs> snorting cocaine. Everyone was taking quaaludes, drinking Crystal, Crystal, Dom Perignon, and getting butt naked and doing in, in the bathroom. His famous line from the Chappelle show, quote from him, cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> that was his famous line. Oh, oh my, my word. I don't so, know that we'll ever see that level of, of stuff. Like the cocaine years. Do you? I have no. No, idea. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think, the 80s like the, that. I don't yeah. think we'll ever see that again. Probably just as well. True. <laughs> yeah, it's true. true. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back.